Is it ready? Like it's already recording. Is it, can you start another and do the point thing? Let's. I start better with that. With the 57th selection in the 1999 NBA draft, the San Antonio Spurs select Emmanuel Ginobili from Argentina. What's up, everyone? Steve here, along with Lucky and Greg. Welcome to the Game Time Decision Podcast, and thanks for joining us for episode 3.5, The Draft. If you want, you can follow us on Twitter at GTimeDecision to keep up to date with the latest sports news and hot takes. So this episode is a special episode. We're going to give a recap of the NHL and NBA drafts, as well as our prediction for the free agency period for both sports. Disclaimer this week, guys. Greg, pretty sick. He's dealing with an injury right now. He's on the uh, 15-day DL with a cold. I'm a game-time decision, you know, for the pod, so oh, say. little wordplay there. Greg, how did you feel about the NBA draft? Who was your favorite pick? Who's your least favorite pick? Um, favorite? I mean, depends who you define favorite. Uh, pretty happy for Buddy Buckets, you know, but he slid a little bit, and... I don't know. I think it's good for him going to the Pelicans because they actually have a chance to compete and he'll actually fit with that team pretty well. Um, I thought Thon Maker was a huge reach at 10 to the Bucks. Okay, I got I to gotta weigh in here. How old is Thon Maker? For those of you who may not know, Thon Maker, born in Sudan, raised in Australia, doesn't know how old he is. Doesn't have a birth certificate. He doesn't know how old he is. The world doesn't know how old he is. He says he's 19. How old do you think he is? I mean... Give us give us your best guess. Go on record here, Greg. How old is Thon Maker? My best guess got to be 19, but could he be 23, 24? Yeah. It's possible. I mean, that's a pretty big risk for the 10th pick. But how will anyone know? When... He's six years into the league, and he's already retiring due to injury and age-related concerns. Yeah, but I mean, he's never—he's not going to be, like, having arthritis in the league. Or <laughs> uh, we don't know. He's not really going to be age-related. Like, sure, his knees could wear out, but his knees can wear out. People's knees wear out when they're 25. People forget Derrick Rose doesn't have real knees anymore. Derrick Rose does have a birth certificate, though. <laughs> Which one would you rather have on your team? Right now, I'd probably take Thumbmaker just because there is some upside there. You heard it here first, folks. Thumbmaker better than Derrick Rose. But to be honest, my least favorite pick, it's got to be Torian Prince. Ooh, really? I mean, the Hawks trade away their all-star point guard, Jeff Teague. And then George Hill's included in the three-team deal, one for one for one swap. Essentially, they give up Jeff Teague and get back the twelfth pick, and spend it on a guy who's late first to early second. How did you feel about Skull Labisser? Why don't you say his name right? Skull Labisserie. Skull Labisser. Say his name, man. I've given it Are my you best shot. All these? 
Yeah, Scalabissier, he fell. Um, but he averaged six and a half points per game. He even though he even never play. played. Yeah. And he didn't come back. You want to know why? Because he wouldn't play again this year. Because he's, he's just not as good of a prospect as he was supposed to be. How do you feel about Wang Zhilin out of China? Um, I'm more of a Zhu Qi Chinese fan. He, uh, he, like, I mean, his wingspan is just massive. What is it, seven foot nine? And he's seven foot two. And the Rockets picked him up, you know, Yao Ming, too. Does this mean that confirmed Dwight Howard not coming back? I think that's already been confirmed, yeah, but no. Zuki is not picking up his minutes. Here's a, a, you know, a medium take I saw. Where you got Dwight Howard going? The Knicks. I got him going back to Orlando. Wow. Why else would they trade for um, for Serge Ibaka? I, I don't know. They because gave up he's a lot a pretty to good clearly player. try and get into win-now mode because Dwight's coming back. Do you think Dwight and Serge can hang with the rest of the league's powerhouses? No, they're they're going to be <laughs> mediocre. They'll be a middle-of-the-pack playoff team, and that's assuming that they trade Vucevic and get something pre- a pretty solid piece in the backcourt for him. Back to this mild take I heard talk of this week. Is Brandon Ingram, Brandon Ingram actually better than Ben Simmons? Uh, no. No. Because, you know, I saw some people thinking maybe maybe the Lakers are actually the fortunate ones here and Ben Simmons not as good as everybody says they are. I mean, Ben Simmons has the unfortunate task of playing this for the Sixers. Where who are big probably men go to die. And they're probably going to put him at point guard. That'll be interesting. Has he got any experience as a point guard? Yeah, I mean, obviously in college, he spent a lot of the time with the ball in his hands. And in high school, you just put the ball in your best player's hands and tell them to go do whatever they can to score. So, yeah, he can handle the ball. That's That's one of his best talents. But he's got no jumper. That'll be something that needs to come. But, yeah, Brandon Ingram, I don't think he'll... Burst onto the scene in the NBA by any means. He's he's still too skinny, too small. Bringing it back home to Toronto. Did they blow it with their second first-round pick? I mean, Pascal Siakam? Siakam? New Mexico State. Does anybody go to that school? Yeah, I mean, people go there. Simbular? Not in the league, um, which I just found out last but night. No, it doesn't really matter. 27th overall pick's pretty meaningless in the NBA. I mean, there aren't too many guys that low that you hear about. There's the odd guy that's a diamond in the rough. But no, their really important pick was that pick at nine. And I know they're getting scrutinized for it, but in my opinion, that pick of Jakob Pertl makes by far the most sense of anyone on the board right there. There you go. Like... People want them to take a mobile big, a mobile power forward who can shoot. Pirtle is more mobile. Sabonis is a back-to-the-basket guy. Yeah, he's a little bit smaller, but they're both pretty quick on their feet. And I think Pirtle has a better jumper. They're both developing. They both seem to have pretty good form. And then where where else do you look for a big guy like that? I mean, Yabusele went to Boston at 16, but he uh, was projected late first. Georgios Papagianis, 
whose name translates to Georgios, father of Giannis. Went he, a bit later. Could have yeah, been a guy to look at. He's he's not he's not got the mobility and foot speed that Pirtle has. And I mean, Ellison was the other guy that they could target there, but Ellison's not that quick either. He's got a better sh- jumper right now than they do, but. Yeah, I think all in all, they made a very good selection, and I think down the road he can play with Valanciunas or Biombo if he's back. 2013, first overall pick, Anthony Bennett. Claimed by some one of the biggest busts of all time, but did you see what he did the other day? I did not. Team Canada game, he just he cocked it back and dunked on, on this guy, man, sent him to the floor. Wow. Is Anthony massive. Bennett back? Is he back? He's he's always really good in international competition. Against really weak competition is what you're saying. I think he's got potential. I think he can make an NBA career. He could be the Canadian Carmelo. He could be... His ultimate ceiling is Paul Millsap. His basement is never plays in the NBA again. So you think it's worth a flyer for the Raptors to, you know, really give him a good look? I mean, that ship probably sailed after they had him on the team last year, but... Bring him back after this dominant Canadian performance. I just hope I hope for the best for him, you know? It's a lot of pressure dealing with going number one, and it's tough because the number one overall pick, because year to year... Cleveland's draft staff is really bad. It's He was in a weak draft. Who else came out of that draft? There's not really anyone that's made too much noise in the league. Bennett went first, Oladipo at two, Otto Porter at three, Cody Zeller, Alex Len. Nerlens Noel's pretty good. I mean, there's no one outstanding out of this draft. CJ McCollum might be the best. Steven Adams, those are probably the two best Whoa, guys. Steven besides, Adams. Besides Greek Freak. I mean, he's the only one that really screams all-star potential for me out of this draft. Giannis, a.k.a. Son of Georgios Papa Giannis. <laughs> How does that work? He's older. Uh, all I'm going by is the names here, man. <laughs> Led the league in fouls this year. What are they teaching him over in Greece? He's He's been in the league for long enough to know about fouls, but yeah, I mean, he's still learning the game. He hasn't been playing for a ton of time, and he's he's a freak athlete learning how to play basketball, but He's really the only player in that draft that has the potential. And at 15th, people said that was a bad pick. He should have gone later. So there was really no one in the top five or six potentials that have really made a name for themselves. Now, do you think Giannis just uses the language barrier as an excuse? Like, oh, sorry, Raph, I, 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 I don't know. No, Giannis just goes there and plays. He can play point guard, shooting guard. He can play anywhere on the court besides maybe center because he's, he's pretty skinny. But he's a good one, two, three, four. He can guard all those positions. He's just a versatile athlete. And, yeah, Anthony Bennett, I hope you make it back to the league as soon as possible. Looking ahead to the free agency period for the NBA, are we going to see any shockers? Any big-time, you know, surprises? I mean, LeBron stays in Cleveland. Cold take. Um, you got to think. We know he's going to Utah. 
Andre Drummond, Andre Drummond's going back to Detroit. He's a restricted free agent. They can match anything on him. Mike Conley, maybe. Al Horford, maybe. Um, DeRozan, I think he's back with the Raptors. There's nowhere else that he can. Really, you don't see win. him going to L.A. Going no, back home, it would be pretty boring to play there for the next five years, and then when they're good, he's on the decline. It doesn't make much sense besides the fact that, yeah, his shoe deal and his um, he's from there, so that helps. Yeah, but I think he wants to play winning basketball, and. The only reason to go there, I think, would be for money and to get the endorsement deals. Now, the question that's on everyone's mind, where's KD, Kevin, 150-pound soaking wet Durant going to end up this summer? I think the easy money sniper stays in Oklahoma City. Cold takes out of Greg's mouth today. Why do you say that? He's... This is the best chance he has to really win a championship. I know he's interviewing with the Warriors and the Spurs, but... Why wouldn't he go to the Warriors? Uh, wouldn't they be guaranteed a championship? Yeah, but then how many shots is he getting? How many shots is Curry getting? I think he wants to win a championship, but he doesn't want an asterisk championship where everyone who actually remembers him says, yeah, he won that championship. He couldn't do it on his own. He had to team up with other superstars to do it. How many guys in the league are doing it all by themselves these days? I mean, but LeBron. he's not doing. He's he's doing it in a system that was built the right way, is what like pe- how people view it. You know, built through the draft, built in a small market team, a small market city. I don't know. I think he's happy there. He has his crew there. He's definitely not going back to Washington. Not going home. Him and John Wall, not going to tear the league up together. No, Washington. Blew it with a uh, with a poor year this year, and I think I don't know. He even says himself like, "There's people from Washington that he doesn't want to go back and see. There's people he's glad he got out of his life moving wow. across the country." That's what you like to hear from your star player. Now, picture this scenario: KD resigns in OKC, presumably for the one year plus the one year player option to opt out when the cap goes up again next year. But say he does sign, maybe long-term, maybe even medium-term. Westbrook is also a free agent next year. KD resigns under the impression Westbrook's going to be there. Westbrook just decides he's had enough, leaves. You got to think he wouldn't be too happy about that. Yeah, you've got to think though that they've got like a wink wink deal going on. They all they talk all the time. Durant and Westbrook, they both know where their heads are at. If Durant's talking to him and he says, "Yeah, I'm coming back. If you come back, they're both going to be back." If there's any risk, you know, Durant's going to be the first to know and I think they'd figure that out well in advance of Westbrook's free agency. Do you think they have a chance to recreate the magic that they had this year? They were this close to the finals. Yeah, like they have they have a very good team. I think the same three teams in the West are going to be the three best again. Now, do you think the Raptors have any hope of recreating their trip to the semifinals this year? Yeah, but their their success this year could be duplicated, but 
they're still, what, five steps below the Cavs, who are on par with three other teams in the West. Does Is that really what you want? What steps could they take to remedy that, though? I mean, they're only getting worse, this free agent period. Yeah, I mean, I think they really have to look at Atlanta, who just gave away Jeff Teague, and think, hey, let's try and get Paul Millsap. Hopefully he's available. Hopefully they're blowing up the franchise. Do you think there's any chance of that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Horford's a free agent. Let's see what they offer him. If he walks, that team is in rebuild mode. And why not take on a few prospects for Paul Millsap? Moving away from basketball and towards the NHL, how did you feel about the recent NHL draft? Austin Matthews went first overall to the Leafs. Is it finally time to start, you know, lighting the signal fires that, hey, are the Leafs back? The Leafs have been gone so long and will still be gone so long that it's really tough to call them back right now. I'd like to see them have some improvements this year and maybe aim for the playoffs in the next year or two. But, yeah, it's really not time for Leaf fans to start getting too excited about this team right now i mean when you have the first overall pick and when it's a guy like austin matthews who has the potential to be a franchise player and even a like close to a generational player it's tough not to get exciting excited yeah, i mean leafs fans be excited about the draft you went with the right pick made the selection all awesome stuff but are next year's games going to be that exciting are they going to be a top team looking to contend in the playoffs, I, I find that hard to see. My only problem was, while it was pretty hard to miss on the first overall pick, the rest of their draft, their draft, that is, just seems like the rails fell off. Well, they did a really good thing in trading the 30th pick. They picked up their starting goalie for a pick that has value, but... I mean, netminders are key in the league right now, and they got their 1A guy. And historically, you know, the end of the first round, guys like that aren't always going to turn out. Yeah, so I think if you count that as a draft pick, it really it boosts their drafts as a whole. That and the Austin Matthews, Austin Matthews pick, both booms. Probably qualify the draft as a win. Yeah, I think those two, because that's their first two selections, both wins. I think you have to give them a win overall. Even though they tailed off a bit towards the end of the Tailed draft. off. They went off the board with every one of their remaining picks. Yeah, but I don't maybe they're looking fit and they see guys down the road that are gonna fill roles for their franchise. I will say this. The recent trade of Scott Harrington for Kirby Reichel, excellent trade. I very much look forward to see what Reichel has to offer in a place like Toronto where, you know, he's getting a fresh start. The coach doesn't hate him, and his agent and father don't have the history with Toronto's management the way they do or did with Columbus's management. Yeah, Toronto's management seems to be doing a better job, too. I mean, how many years has it really been since they've been relevant? They made playoffs four years ago. In an asterisk season. Yeah. and It was, what, 66 games? Largely percentage-driven season, too. They did not deserve to be there. And if that if that season 
if they play out 82 games, do they not choke like they always do and miss the playoffs? <laughs> Very possibly. I like the way they're headed, though. I mean, I was disappointed to see Kessel go. I was happy to see FNUF go. But they're definitely trending in the right direction. Yeah, it's tough to see, though, because when did this rebuild start? I mean, if this process I has think, been... I think they're saying the official rebuild started last summer at the start of the last draft. But didn't they bring in Babcock and all these new guys to win now initially? Wasn't that their statements? Uh, no, that was never their, their motto. You know, bringing Babcock in definitely... Want you know encourage them to accelerate the timeline on it. Babcock, a guy who probably doesn't enjoy golfing in March too much, but I think they're doing the right things. They the one the biggest mistake you can make is to rush it and do it wrong. Yeah, but I think when they hired when they changed up management, hired all these people, got the new coach. Their plan was win now. When that didn't work out, they scream, oh, yeah, it's the whole process. This is a rebuild. I think the main thing that everybody's worried about is that Toronto doesn't make this a seven-year thing and turn into Edmonton. I mean, Edmonton is awful, but the Leafs are right down there with them. The team's bad, but I think the management is much smarter and much more aware of what they're doing in Toronto than Edmonton. Did you see that Taylor Hall trade today? Yeah, I mean, they traded him away for Larson. Adam Larson, man. Hold on. Let me let me look up some stats on Adam Larson for you here. Adam Larson drafted fourth overall in 2011. Okay. Has played roughly 270, so almost 300 games in the NHL. He has 69 points in that time. Nine goals in five years. Heart. Determination. <laughs> now, I, this this trade on paper looks lopsided, to say the least. I mean, what do you think Shiro was thinking when Ray Shiro, being the GM of the New Jersey Devils, what do you think he was thinking when he picked up the phone and Peter Shirelli, the Oilers GM, said, Hall for Larson, one for one? Like, is that going to be enough? I mean, granted, 2011 was a weak draft, but... The, I mean, the bad luck just never ends for Edmonton. Well, it seems like they got good luck on everything. And you know what? They're doing what they should be doing in addressing a need and getting a defenseman. But you'd have to think they should at least go for a, a top two guy when they're trading her away at first line forward and not only that Hall's one of the best scorers in the league this past year he scored more than Taves Kopitar and Tarasenko well and you have if you look at that roster the forwards on that team he's probably not even in the top three guys that you want to trade for value exactly I mean they've got so many forwards and yet they chose one of their best ones to give away I mean, if you're trying to give someone away, why not Eberly, who signed for the same amount and is going to give you half the production? I, I, I There's got to be a dozen other teams that would have offered you a better package for Hall. I just, I'm baffled by this move. Yeah, it does not make sense to me either. 
What are your thoughts on the Subban Weber swap? Um, I'm arguably, not... arguably the biggest trade in the past decade. Well, I mean, it was the biggest half hour of trades <laughs> and signings in the past decade. I think we can say for sure. But yeah, I mean, I know Montreal fans and people in Canada are very against this trade. They're getting an older defenseman and they're trading away a polarizing figure on their team and the face of their franchise. But I don't know. I mean, when you are asked to rank the top defenseman in the league, does Shea Weber right now come before P.K. Subban? Absolutely not. Shea Weber is an anchor that is was only being carried in these past few years by the strength of Roman Yossi, his defensive partner in Nashville. He's 31. He signed for 10 more years. Uh, and to cap it all off, if he retires at any point before his contract expires, the cap recapture penalties will force Nashville to pay $24 million divided by the number of years remaining on his contract when he decides to retire. To retire. I mean, that's that's a lose for Nashville, though. It doesn't have anything to do with Montreal. Right, which is fair, but the fact that they matched that mammoth of a contract that Philly offersheeted him to a couple of years ago, they've got to be glad they escaped from it. A, at all, and B, in such stunning fashion. Subban is one of the top four defenders in the league. Weber might not even be top four on the Predators. I think you're overreacting here. I think this was, yeah, again, it's a it's a win for the Predators. Definitely they win the trade, but it's not as lopsided as the Taylor Hall deal. Uh, maybe, yeah, you're right. The return was definitely... Shea Weber, I'll, he's no Adam Larson. I'll give you that. You're trading a star defenseman for a star defenseman. Star in name only with Weber, though. He's, I don't think his production's been what it usually is. But he's he's a first-line lockdown defender. He's only locked down because he's not very fast. But either way, I think give it a couple years, you're really going to notice the wear Shea Weber has on him. Yeah, that's, that's the biggest loss plus, of this trade. Plus, Weber was playing with Roman Yossi, pretty fleet-of-foot guy, you know, offensive-minded defenseman. Now his partner is going to be Andre Markov, you know, a great defender, but I'm probably faster on skates than Andre Markov. These two guys are going to get burned. The league's getting smaller and faster, and guys like this are going to get left in the dust. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. I think they still are going to have a very good top pairing in Montreal. But I think the biggest thing is, yeah, down the road, they traded for a guy who's Four years older? Four years older. He's 31. Subban's and 27. So how long is he going to be in his prime? Because he doesn't have too much left, you have to think. But you have oh, to, think. to keep him for 10 more years, that, they'll never escape his contract. Yeah, Montreal well they, has shot themselves in the foot. They they closed their championship contention window by essentially four years, by trading up for an older defenseman. I mean, this move combined with the Andrew Shaw signing earlier in the week, the wheels are falling off in Montreal. And as a Toronto fan, I couldn't be happier about it. Good thing we... Uh, well, I think you actually opted to put Montreal in the playoffs in our 
in our preview. Can I can I take that back? Uh, yeah. Well, maybe we'll have to do another preview yeah. once uh, the rosters are more yeah. finalized. Yeah, it's gonna be a long summer. Continuing on with NHL news, Stamkos re-signing in Tampa. It's dream shattering. I mean, I think you had to expect this though. the The Sabers and Leafs are the two top teams going after him. They're so far from contention right now that what what makes him want to go there besides, I guess in Toronto you got the increased media and fan support. In Buffalo, you've got more money handed your way, but he has it pretty good in Tampa. The weather's warm, less tax. There's can go to the grocery store without being recognized. He can't, but (laughs) he can compete for a championship. And I think that's a main part of it as well as, yeah, warm weather, low state tax. It's hard to, it's hard to argue against that. The rumors came out yesterday that, well, yesterday Stamkos had met with not only the president of Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, but Toronto Mayor John Tory, as well as the Canadian Tire CEO. Talk about overkill. Yeah, maybe they uh, whiffed at their chance. Considering Canadian Tire money isn't taxed in the CBA. Maybe they were looking at make his new contract in that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I thought thought he was going to make more money. I thought he was going to be close to 10 mil a year, regardless of where he paid played so i was a little surprised at only eight million tampa did have the extra year to offer as part of the cba you know re-signing they can offer eight compared to seven but somebody did the math and if he signed anywhere else at 10 mil he would have made more money than this deal i mean not taking income tax into account and yeah when you get out of the deal you hope he's still re-signing for some kind of value so that extra year at Eight mil with another team, he can still sign. You'd assume for four or five million after this deal's done, he'll be past his prime, but he can still continue playing. Yeah, no doubt, he's going In to be theory, good. I mean, he's he's going to he's be a little good. injury prone. Fair, he may never be the player he was before he broke his leg, but he's still one of the top players in the league. I think this is great value for Tampa. The reports saying that Buffalo were going to pay him twelve million a year. I mean, that's that's absurd, especially if he never dominates the league again. And yeah, especially considering his injury history, it's a risk. There's a risk there. Eight million is a lot less to risk than twelve. Eight million, if you screw up, Tampa's still got a pretty good roster. They got to the conference finals without him this year. You have to expect they're going to be pretty solid either way. I think aside from. Toronto fans being unhappy about this. This definitely makes the e-agent frenzy a lot more boring than it was shaping up to be. Yeah, how do you how do you top this July 1st? Who's left? Lucic is almost guaranteed to go to Edmonton. Is is there anyone else we care about left on the market? Nope. Thanks for joining us for this week's draft episode. If you want to send us your hot takes, tweet us and follow us at GTimeDecision. And remember to tip your waiter.
ingeniería.